Dr. Bill is an angry man right now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, is he a I man just, on the edge? He's, he's, he's telling me to get off his lawn. <laughs> I'm that guy up in Robocop that wants the SUX 6000. <laughs> and I want my job back, too! <laughs> What's in there? It goes really fast. It gets really shitty gas mileage. Back to the bin. <laughs> I was tr- I was trying to sing Chop Suey by System of a Down like Arnold. I can imagine what the people driving next to me thought because I'm making the Arnold face. Look at that poor man having a fit over there. He's having a seizure. Quick, get him some Mountain Dew. Then I switch over to a. I was on a country station now. He stopped loving her today. Little George Jones. They need to lose. They've done piss me off. The one time in my life I gave a shit about any sport score whatsoever, and the Cubs are out of it. What the no, hell? You know is what? I'm sorry, but you haven't you haven't earned that. You don't yes, get to, I have. You, for thirty years, I've been waiting for this. You this don't get to addiction. ignore sports for your whole life. Then the one time you're interested, expect it's all going to go your way. Yes, because it no. because of Back to the Future. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Oh, that's not fair, man. Dues, 30 years man. I've been waiting for this. Yeah, me too. A third of the time the Cubs have been waiting for this, I've been waiting for it too. I think that I think that earns me the right right there. Actually, I uh, you know what? I'll save it for the show. Okay. I was going to say, I, I have something to tell you that's going to make you very jealous, but I'm going to save it for the show. <laughs> I went on a date with your wife last night. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to feed her? Oh. Oh, harsh, dude. Too soon. Paul, aren't you coming up on a birthday? Uh, yeah. yeah. When (laughs) is it? (laughs) Tomorrow. What? What? Oh, Oh, damn. Happy birthday, dude. Thank you. You're going to be be what? what? 52, Uh, right? No, yeah, yeah. See, it's it's that youthful smile. That's 53. Yeah, I was going to say, you're holy shit. (laughs) Like dust coming out of me. Yeah, see, I don't know if my mom's going to be comfortable with me hanging out with older guys on the internet like this. <laughs> Just don't give me your real address. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that's not really a 50-something-year-old man? Well, I, actually, it is. <laughs> 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 You're talking to your little comic book friends. <laughs> right, we should bring in a show if we're going to do one. Yeah. We've already sung it up. We've sung that more than once. I don't think Scott sung it. Yes, I have. Okay. Oh, oh, oh excuse me. Jeez. <laughs> oh, what heights will hit? Yeah, I remember singing this before. Oh, yeah. I remember that labored uh, cry for help. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that now. <laughs> what do you want for free, huh? Well, if you're going to break into a tune, I think you'd be much better off in the show going... Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema. Your 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 connection on my end anyway just completely went to shit, dude. I don't well, know that's because I was singing. <laughs> no, it's the same here. It's all muffled and tinny. Oh, <laughs> 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 
<clears throat> How about now? Nope, same. What if I do this? <laughs> nope, still muffled. I got yellow. What is the call? Uh, whatever. What? Uh, the little the little thing that says call quality information. They're all yellow right now instead uh, of white. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the call and start it up again. All right. Yeah, it's white now. Racist. <laughs> and it's loud. Ooh. And now it went yellow. It's still. It's that, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Do we have like a lag or something? Is that what's going on? Not that I'm yeah. noticing, but my end everything sounds fine. Yeah, it sounds much clearer. I did pump pump my volume back down. Pump down the volume. Pump down the pump volume. Up the jam. Pump up the jam. <laughs> <laughs> Never sing that again. Hey everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. <laughs> I'm Paul Spitaro, and I'm joined by uh, I don't know whoever. <laughs> Who am I? What am I? Who am I? Wait a minute. Oh, oh, oh I'm Jean Valjean. This is going to be the singing episode. I can see it already. We should do a musical episode. An all musical episode. I've gone from swearing I would never sing under any circumstances to wanting to do a musical episode. <laughs> I, have, I have broken both of you. You have grown as a podcaster or something. Grown <laughs> as a man. Whoa. Whoa, I don't know if I'd go that far. It, well, I've grown in some places and shrunk in others. <laughs> As the fat expands, certain things are covered up. Ooh. What, what comic is out there that you think was just made to be a musical? I mean, like, Dazzler the movie comes immediately. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that was made to be a musical. Um, Kiss? Yeah, yeah, Kiss. Of course, The Wizard of Oz is an adaptation of a musical. There's probably a number of adaptations. Wasn't there an Annie adaptation, too? That I don't remember. I think there was. I think there was a Marvel Super Special adaptation of Annie. I think Annie. A Marvel Zombies would be a cool mu- musical. <laughs> <laughs> Took the kids and uh, actually quite a few of us went. The kids, uh, my, my mom, my sister, her husband. We all went to see a uh, production of West Side Story last week. Uh-huh. Which I've, I've always actually loved that movie and everything. But as well as it was done, and it really was good, when you think about it, like they're doing, you know, it's a gang fight and they're all doing these ballet moves. And if you, if you, like, if you don't let yourself get totally into the, 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 the story, it just seems so dumb. That's, a, True. that's my point. No, I remember watching the movie years ago and, you know, like the cops and the gangs are dancing and it's like, didn't I see this on a Michael Jackson video? I'm not just, like all the other guy. Just beat it. <laughs> That's for damn sure. So, I got a package today in the mail. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Unexpected whoa. package, which is the best kind. I, I, you know, that just words don't... I, an unexpected package is the best kind. That's, you know, what do you... Well, it was from our friend, the host of the DC Comics Presents podcast, Mr. Russell Bragg. Oh, and it included Captain America number 26, which is the issue after he gets shot. Det- oh, yeah. Detective Comics number 682, which has got the uh, like the die-cast cover kind of thing. Uh, Action Comics 728, 776. Justice League of America number 71. So that's a 1969 book. That's a little older. Holy uh, crap. 211, 221, 227. 232, 245, and 246. 
Superman number 274, Superman number 289, Superman Family number 213, and Super Team Family number 13. Did you need all those? Was that like on a wish list? None of them none of them were were books that I already owned. Oh, okay. So that was very cool of Russell and I You need to be posting scans of these in the in the group. So say those Superman issues again. Superman what two seventy four you said? Uh two seventy four and two eighty nine. Two seventy four. Oh, I love this one. Yes, I uh I got that cover signed by um what's his name? Nick Cardi. Because Nick Cardi drew that one. What was the other one? Two what? Two eighty nine. Two eighty. Oh yes. The Phantom Horseman of Metropolis. Yes. Oh, mm. now uh, you, you guys have heard Uncle Randy, of course, on Two True Freaks. When I used to go over and, and visit him, you know, of course, his his parents are my grandparents. So when I'd go over and we would play together as kids and everything, there was always this stack of comics. It was a small stack. Um, that was on a table, like in their foyer before you'd go into the house. And this was one of the ones that was always sitting on that stack. So, yeah, that I have fond memories of that one just because that cool cover. Because it was a photo cover. Yeah, it's a photo it's like, cover, and then it's got Superman. It's It's got kind of the, sil- the blanked-out silhouette of a cavalry guy. Yeah. The sword, and then Superman's attacking him from behind with an arm around his neck and the other hand grabbing a hold of the sword, the wrist of the sword hand. Yeah, very cool. And then you got like all these guys in the street that look like I don't know, they look like pimps or something. I My guess is they were people who worked at DC. Probably, yeah. If I'm remembering properly, and I could be dead wrong, and I might be confusing it with another story, but I'm thinking that this is the one that gets resolved because it turns out that some friend he was like he, he was almost like a like a bumbling inventor, sort 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 of like Professor Emil Perry. Hamilton. Perry, yeah, I think it was him, and. He has this invention that somehow gets set on top of a television and mistaken for like the rabbit ears on the TV. And it's like drawing images off the television and, and making them come to life. And that's what Superman keeps battling. And I, I could be wrong, but I think that's the issue. I don't know. Yep. It's just, it, it was just a jargon of memory. Jasper Pepperwinkle. I said Periwinkle. There you go. <laughs> yeah. What was the super team family? 13. 13. Featuring Aquaman Cap- and Captain Comet and guest starring The Atom. Yeah, all right. I have this one. I don't think I've ever read it. Milgram and Abel on the cover. Oh, I like all three characters. Yeah, I was on a mission a while back to collect all the issues of that series, and I still lack a couple of them. And, of course, I've only ever actually read just a couple of them myself. But one of these days I'd like to have a complete set of those because they're fun. I always liked issue 11 with um, the Flash, uh, Supergirl, and Adam by um, Alan Weiss did the artist on that. Oh, yeah. The, I, I know the one you're talking about. That's gorgeous. A cool yeah. Love that one. Where the, the, the little tree branches cop in a feel on Supergirl. And Speaking of Supergirl you, and the Flash, yeah. did yep. you guys watch any of the, uh, the Supergirl show this week? I saw it, yeah. At well, Michael just... Bailey's insistence, I watched the pilot. Is the second episode out yet? No, that's uh, next week. Okay. Yeah, I watched the pilot at, at Michael Bailey's insistence because he kept messaging me going, dude, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. I'm like, ah, all right, because I don't watch Arrow only because um, it's Green Arrow. And I watched The Flash, and I know I'm going to get beat up for this, but I watched the pilot, and I kind of thought it sucked. So I, was, I wasn't really holding out a lot of hope for Supergirl, but I liked it. I had some quibbles with it. Um, 
but overall, I, I really did enjoy it much more than I thought that I would because I, I kept hearing that it was um, tied to the Man of Steel continuity, and I didn't get that feeling from it. No, it's not. So, it's not tied oh, to the it's movie supposed to be contract. tied to the Christopher Reeve continuity. Oh, really? Oh, Is I didn't it? know that. That's what I heard. Huh. Hmm. I don't know. But, so, now, but now my I, quibble I did... with it all along is Jimmy Olsen isn't supposed to be that cool. And, of course, that's racism now. Yeah. I don't I, think Lisa Flockhart's as hot as she used to be. That's oh, just she's still with Harrison Ford? Uh, yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. She, yeah, she's creepy looking. <laughs> okay, so I'm she not is. the only one that she, thought that. I'm just looking at her going, no, no, not at all. I never ever thought she was attractive, but now she's like, yeah. And she was she was going on and on in that show. Like I forget the exact quote. Was I'm this and I'm that and I'm hot shit. And I'm thinking, honey, you ain't. You got real ugly. But I never thought she was attractive to begin with because I can remember when those rumors first started circulating that she and Harrison Ford were a thing. And I'm like, no. No, here's Harrison Ford. He can have any woman on the freaking planet. He wouldn't go for Skeletor, but yep, he sure did. So I guess. But yeah, she's she. That woman needs a friggin' Big Mac big time. What the hell did, is wrong with her? Did, did her eyes did, always look the way they looked there? They just you mean look, like a fish. Uh, she, yeah, her eyes look weird. <laughs> she looks. I mean, yeah. Just, she said like some the color. I don't know. She's wearing contacts or what? It just looked yeah, weird. Yeah, no, she's starting to have the look of somebody who's had a little too much plastic surgery, especially yeah, in the lifts. I know we're such sexist men because we're. Oh, yeah, no, you know what? If you had too much plastic surgery, I'd point that out too. <laughs> now, you know, I mean, if 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 somebody has plastic surgery and you can't tell that they did, good for them. Yeah. That's isn't that what it's supposed to be? You're not supposed to be able to tell. So if you can tell somebody had plastic surgery, then they had too much. I think it's okay. a, a portion like for some people, it's just self delusionment that they think I I look young, I look youthful. No, you you look like you look like Anthony Zerber in Star Trek Resurrection when they pe- pulled his skin back across his face. You know, like the <laughs> Sona. All right, right. You're not fooling anybody. That's Ugh. a good callback. But there's, I mean, there's been people like that. Like uh, I, I can't even think of an actress offhand, but actresses who do look natural, and they've said, "Oh, you can, you know, you can't tell if she had plastic surgery." And I think, well, then there's nothing wrong with it. Then, right. then they had good plastic surgery. Yeah, if it's plastic surgery to correct something, or you've got something wrong, or you know, if you want to go up a size, down a size, suck some fat out, God, that would be an all-day job with me. But anyway, you know. But you know what? I've been terrified of that because there was an episode of the X-Files years ago I saw to where like they had somebody under for like a fat suction thing. And the person that was doing it was either possessed or went crazy. And they like started sucking the fat out. And then they like started to suck out organs and blood. And I was like, oh, never mind. I'm just figuring if I went for liposuction, they could take it and make McDonald's fries in it for like a week. Oh, <laughs> oh that's wrong. Funny, all, but... I know, all I know is that if there's ever a house fire and I go up in it, it'll take forever to put the fire out from all that grease. Oh, oh, all, all the fat. I'll just burn like a big whale. It's been burning for days. <laughs> we can't even approach the fire. It's it's so the, hot. the eternal flame. <laughs> show just took a seriously morbid turn. This is Dr. Bill's. For God's sake, it's, it's a tribute to Dr. Bill. It's an eternal flame. What do you mean it's a tribute? It is Dr. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's what happened when they tried to cremate him. 
The oh fire won't go out. Uh, that's horrible. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Anybody, either of you guys got any comic news? Well, I've been sorting my collection for the past... Uh, so far, I'm only sorting... I'm sorting it by company to start because it's too much of an undertaking to try to do uh, other ways because there's just too many books in here, um, too many boxes. So I've got a six-foot... order, dude. Alphabetical order. I don't have enough flipping boxes, okay? Uh, <laughs> it's space to lay them all out at the same time. So I'm starting with Marvel, and I've got like 14 boxes on a six-foot table in the middle of, of the garage. Now, this is what I was discussing with Paul. I am doing them alphabetically and numerically. However, and this is where you're going to have – you're going to pop a blood vessel. Under D and where I have defenders, in the grouping, I have defenders, secret defenders, and last defenders. I mean that's that's not horrible. Okay, okay, and then and, like, and you can list it as defenders, comma secret. Right. Okay, but then I've got in Captain America, I've got Captain America, and I stumbled across Steve Rogers, uh, Super Soldier. <laughs> so, so I <laughs> but they still the... they go together. I mean it's right, and I'm gonna put the Falcon in with the Captain America too. Now Scott's going. Oh, and then just to make Scott crazy, yeah. I'm gonna put X Factor there. <laughs> <laughs> No, but now, now I I I have a conundrum because I have Captain America and the Avengers. So it's like, do I put them under Captain America or do I put them under the Avengers? I don't know what to do. There's more Avengers in the book than there is of Captain America, so I think it should go under the Avengers. See, this is why I do mine strictly alphabetical, so then I don't have to play these little guessing games like this. It's it just goes strictly alphabetical. See, I don't play guessing games. I just stick them wherever. <laughs> See, I don't understand these these people because I see this on Facebook all the time. I don't understand these people that are like, so I've been collecting for, you know, fill in the blank many years, you know, and I've never organized. My, and I'm like, how have you never organized your comics? I mean, I I always organized mine. Like when I would buy them new is, you know, the minute that I, I either read them or I was like, eh, I'm never going to read this <laughs> one way or the other. They were organized. Well, the, the only break in my collection is that I have I, I do have two sections. I have one section that's all the shit I've ever read. And I have another section of all the stuff I've never read. And that's it. Other than that, there is no division. And then in that division, they are strictly alphabetical. So it doesn't matter if it's Superman, Spider-Man, whatever. Whatever it says on the indicia, that's how it's alphabetized. What about amazing? So the only Spider problem I've ever had finding anything is that if it's one of those weird ass books that says, you know, the adventures of such and such on the cover, but then on the inside it's something, you know, completely friggin' goofy like, you know, Marvel, you know, presents blah blah blah. I might have trouble finding it that way if I just can't remember what the actual name of it is on the indicia. But other than that. That's how I o have always organized because it's just easier for, me, at least for me anyway. Mm. Well, see, I had a few periods to where I absorbed like some smaller collections, or I got comics from other people, and then I had to put my i I changed out all my long boxes to short boxes, and things got jumbled then, and then I had no space, so I had books hidden in, in different corners of the house all over, oh and it just God. got out. Well, because I didn't, I just didn't have the room. We just didn't have room, so now I've got the I've got the garage back. I'm I'm making my stand. <laughs> I'm a desperate man. <laughs> so I'm just patiently and methodically 
sorting through boxes. I mean, I've got DC, Independence, and Marvel all in the same boxes, so I'm, I'm separating everything by Marvel, DC, and Indie is how I'm breaking everything up, and I'm actually sorting all the Marvel. And that's yeah, that's yeah, that's my process. I need to process. take like a long weekend and come over and help you get straightened out, dude. Well, that's the other thing because I'm by myself doing it, and I got no, you know, I, I after a while ain't got no manager. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get Ben interested in it, but yeah, he's too busy playing Star Wars: The Old Republic. So. <laughs> yeah, it's too much like work. Yeah, <laughs> the alphabet. What? What comes after Q? Well, because <laughs> see, I. If I just did it alphabetically, then he could help me. But see, he doesn't know to put the last defenders with the defenders, or Steve Rogers with Captain America. See, yet another reason to do it strictly <laughs> alphabetical. You're making my argument for me. Then you then you can rope in additional help, and all they need to know is the alphabet. Ah, but then I won't know what I have. See, I'm discovering things. I like I told Paul. Somehow I must have absorbed another collection, and I found all these X forces, and I found like six or seven copies of x-force number one all in like one plastic bag i'm like well, i didn't i didn't buy this i know i wouldn't have bought this you know where where did this come from and then i found a charleston chew flip book one side is oh, like, a, like an old charleston oh my god this thing's a brick now <laughs> it doesn't chew at all yeah but then you look and bill is like chewing on it annoying addicts <laughs> but no one one side is a Wolverine. It's it's like a Wolverine Ghost Rider story on one side. Then you flip it, and on the other, it's Spider Man and Silver Surfer. So I was like, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't buy this. I just absorbed it somewhere. Probably sent away for it or something. Yeah, but I didn't. I, I mean, oh, somebody okay. did. Yeah, it was a cent because I looked it up. I'm like, what is this, and what what is it worth? I mean, it's, it varies on eBay from like two bucks to ten bucks the, you know it's like some of the prices that i've seen it go for so i was like oh well see i love stuff like that i love promo comics like that and you know those giveaways and send away like a pizza hut comic yeah i know. love those pizza hut ones oh. god one of the earliest episodes of this show i did one of those mm. it was um god, i'm trying to remember what the guy's name was that guy that worked on iron man for a while it was one of those pizza hut comics that had i think it was spider-man and iron man if i remember right no that was I was on that episode. Were you? Yes, it wasn't that early. Eh, it was a while back. Yeah, it was early in my run on the show. There you go. But uh, you in one like this? I think it was like the second show you did like an Avengers giveaway. Yeah. Uh, no, it was the very. It, it was, was the first sugar episode babies. actually. You, you, it was sugar. Yeah, it was a sugar babies. Sugar babies. The uh, I'm looking for it. The other I one. I think you that did. was the first episode. I was thinking that Pizza Hut one was further back though. Hmm. Well, that's yeah, all my new new comic news other than um, watching some of the stuff on TV. So you're not watching The Flash at all then, so you, we shouldn't really yeah. discuss it. We don't want to spoil it for you. We yeah. could talk some Walking Dead, actually. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. considering what's going to be coming out. The episode coming out this Saturday, but this episode won't be on the air until later. Yeah, this is this is about three weeks from now. This, one's got, this one will be up. I think it's just important to, to mention that um, – you know, when they actually do hear that episode or they, they've heard it by now, uh, you know, the final episode of Horror Month, <laughs> it, it turns out it's very prescient because you covered in that episode the issue where Glenn was killed. And then, you know, right about oh. the same time that that episode, well, it's that episode is going to air. What? Well, we recorded that like two. We recorded that yeah. at least a week or, or more prior to that Walking Dead episode coming out. Yep. So it'll it'll seem like we're 
getting on the bandwagon, but actually we were before the before that yeah. that episode came out. Yeah. So yeah, that was that that was just weird the the way that worked out. Dumb luck and happenstance. Yep, that's mm-hmm. all it was. That's how I live my life. So you so you think he's dead? Oh, how can he not be? I'm seeing all this crap on Facebook. Oh, he's not dead, and this is how he can escape and everything. I'm like, you need to go back and rewatch that part of the episode because he's buried know, the, under a sea of zombies. How the hell could he possibly escape? If, he, if he's not dead, he, it's a real cheat. Yeah, exactly. And if he's not dead, then that you know that's kind of that's one of those things that could actually break me, where I'd be like, okay, I think I'm done, because that would be so ridiculous. Well, I don't think he's being eaten in that shot. I think they're eating Nicholas because Nicholas was on top of him. And the right. angle that it's filmed at is purposely misleading. So I think – I don't think he's going to come out unscathed. I think he, he's going to come back. He's going to still be alive, but he got bit during that. I, I'm thinking he crawls underneath the dumpster and they can't get to him perhaps. And then they get distracted by something. And then he's going to come back and you know say his goodbyes and whatever. It's a cheat. If they, if he's not dead, it's a cheat. If they I was didn't shocked. rip him limb from limb, it's a cheat. I yeah. I I was shocked. When I literally went hand to face and went. <gasps> and I'm <laughs> not saying I'm not saying I wished Glenn to be dead. I like the character of Glenn. I like the actor who plays Glenn. But the way they showed that shot, if he's not dead, it's a cheat. It's that simple. Yep. It's, There's it's, no it's, way those zombies wouldn't get him. Yep. They were all around him, and there were how many were there? A lot. I mean, they did that in the comic too, though. If uh, if you remember, there was the the one when Tyrese was in the gym with all the zombies, and they closed oh, the door. Oh yeah, and, and, and then when they opened the door, he had killed all the zombies. Right, he took him out with his hammer. Yeah, yeah, but no. he wasn't buried under them, though. No, that, but he was I, surrounded by like a, a, yeah, he was completely a, a, surrounded. A ridiculous number of them. While he's killing one, another one's biting him. I'm sorry, it's not happening. That that was a cheat too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they did that in the um, that kind of happened in the um, in the TV show with Tyrese. Remember when the, he got out of the car and he was swarm like uh, when the they had ran over a zombie and the and the back tire was spinning and they couldn't move anymore because of all the dead bodies that were under the car. So they all got out and he was taking out the zombies with his with his hammer and they kind of I think they actually left him and it was reminiscent of the scene in the gym. But then he made it. Yeah, it's 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 all in how you how you manipulate it because you know in the comics you can manipulate it one way and then on TV and movies you can manipulate it a different way but in this particular instance uh, I you know I totally agree with Paul that if he's alive after that it's a complete cheat because it's not only a cheat visually I mean you look at that scene and you're like come on there's no way but also it's a it's a cheat emotionally because they they played with us so much in that. And they they set it all up. I mean, the thing where he is talking to Rick on the on the radio and he calls him dumbass and everything, just like he did in the in the very first episode. So, oh, and it, I mean, it was all the stuff they reminded him he's got a wife and he can't take chances. And I mean, there were all the telltale signs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I I completely agree. If if they pull a fast one at this point, it's yeah. I I think there'd be a I would expect that there'd be a decent amount of backlash, even if people think they don't want him to be dead and, and you know, they really want him to pull through and everything. I think if they did that, I think the, those a lot of those same people would be like, come on. So, yeah, come on, he's dead. Come on, yep. kill me. I'm here. <laughs> 
So exactly. The zombies are on me. <laughs> but, Why are they um, gonna bring Arnold into the show? That's what I want to know. Well, Arnold just did that movie with uh, where he oh, had a daughter yeah. that turned into a uh, zombie. Was it Maggie? Maggie. <laughs> and he's trying to protect her, keep her from being taken in and killed by the government or something. I I haven't seen it, but I've just heard about it. I, right. I didn't really hear if it was that great or not. So. Yeah, I've I've heard of it, but that's about it. Yeah, I didn't see it either. <laughs> Come on, you're dead. Stop fighting me. Ow. I had a couple of things. If you remember, just before we got started, I was telling you, Bill, that uh, that I had news that uh, was going to make you jealous. Oh so, boy! <laughs> so on the day after Halloween, I'm going to be going to. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights over at Universal for the very first time. I've never been to it before. And guess who I'm going to be hanging out with? Mr. H? Yes. Mr. H. Oh, I see. I see. I see how it is. <laughs> Just rub it in. Yep. Well, he's got to have somebody to hang out with now that he's oh. had you legally banned from see, being within 50 thing. yards of him. Yeah, he told me he would. He would, you know, he would have liked to have invited you and everything, but uh, you just, you know, just kind of creep him out a little bit with the, with the whole stalker thing. You know, I'm not stalking him. <laughs> he just happens to be wherever I go. Just so happens we have a lot of the same interests. It's not my fault. We have an interest in Gorf, Xanadu, Livy Newton John. Did you, did you see the? Uh, so the fine, meme hang I out po- with Matt. Fine. Did you see the meme I posted, guys? Meme. No. I just did it while we were talking. I did it. Well, it's, it's supposed to be staying off the Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, I know, but, but look at it anyway, because okay, all right. Oh, good lord! What see, this is this is why the connection drags down. Yeah. Is that I can see my house from here? Yeah. <laughs> I'll let Scott read it. <laughs> I don't know. Ron Sadowski says, "What would you know about uh, about barbecue?" Exactly. Just, just anybody listening. It's uh. Oh, you tagged him just to. Check. Yeah. It's 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 <laughs> Luke looking over with with C three PO and he's looking through the binoculars and the uh, the line on it says, "I can see my house from here." It looks like they're having a barbecue. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just poking that, poking that bear. I I think I'm the bear who got poked. I don't think I'm poking a bear <laughs> at this point. I think I'm poking back. So what, what is he? What what you know? What, while I can say you know, screw you, I'll never invite you to my house again. What's he going to say? Screw you, I'll never come to your house again. Right. Not that I would say screw you. Well, I would, but screw yeah. you. Oh, sorry, Benny. Screw you. It's great that I could say that to my son. Screw just you, noticed, Benny. Just noticing here that uh, David Pasquarella just posted a couple of issues of Superman Family that he scored. And uh, these are issues that I actually covered on uh, Two True Freaks like ages ago. But uh, oh, I loved covering that stuff. That was a lot of fun. I was covering the um, Nightwing and Flamebird stories that used to be. Oh, where are those circles coming from? That's, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> super crotch. I mean, those are like some of those super balls. Uh, I don't know what, what yeah. is that. Uh, <laughs> Oof. Okay. Oh, he, looks like, he looks like he's really working hard to squeeze one out, too, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't have that one, but I do have the one with Nightwing and Flamebird holding him back when he's trying to save Supergirl. I have that. That mm-hmm. story was one of those ones that uh, 
that broke my heart reading it all these years later as a as a grown up because I read it remembering it to be this really great story and it's not like it's a bad story but I mean look at that great cover it's it's Garcia Lopez and Dick Giordano and it, as you say oh, it, I thought it, it said George Lopez I'm like I didn't know <laughs> like wow <laughs> You know, it's Nightwing and Flamebird holding back Superman and, and Jimmy Olsen's reaching out to, to do something as well. And Superman's screaming, no, Supergirl is innocent. She's being sentenced to the fam. So there's all this drama on the cover. And then when I reread the story, she's being sentenced to the Phantom Zone for what was it like two weeks or something? Oh, it's I thought like, it was for jaywalking or something. Yeah, I mean, it's like, come on, it's like. Let her do her community service, and then that's the end of it. But no, they make this huge deal out of this. What I can't even remember what the hell it was all about now. But it's it, they make this big overblown thing about it, like she's going there for eternity or something, and it's not. You know, I mean, she she should be looking at it and going, hey, you know, this is all right. I get a couple of weeks off. I don't have to, you know, save any, you know, buses full of nuns going off cliffs or anything i i just it's a vacation and but no there's there's all this drama put into it over over yeah i'm thinking i'd be happy to go to the phantom zone for two weeks right exactly yeah they can send me anytime (laughs) well i uh i had some comic news i thought it might be fun as i'm i'm looking at this stack next to me i hadn't had a chance to uh you know i i I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the way I keep track of my comics these days as far as what I actually have is I do a cover scan for all the issues that I have and I just put them into a folder. And then that way I know exactly what I have because I actually have a cover scan of it. So I have this little stack sitting next to my desk that I just haven't gotten around to yet for scanning them in um, because it's probably a couple weeks ago now. um, I got an email from my mom and she's like, be watching your mailbox. I sent you a package. I'm like, all right, cool. And so the package arrived. This is about a week or so ago. And my mom had been visiting in upstate New York. She'd been um, tending her own mom uh, who's in the hospital up there and just visiting relatives and all that. And so at some point while she was up there, she went, I don't know, to a garage sale or flea market or something. And she picked up these comics for me. And I just thought it might be fun to kind of cover the comics that mom sent. Because mom's always, you know, she she's so well-meaning about these things. But it's always very humorous because it's very obvious after all these years that she knows I collect comics. And that's about what she knows about my comic <laughs> collecting habits. So here is the, the stack that I got here. Now here, I'm going to go basically the good, the bad, and the ugly. So the good that I got is I got four... Uh, Marvel comics that are all um, well they're all promotional things Uh, the first two are actually uh, they were available through the uh, AFES which was the I'm trying to remember what it is Army and Air Force Armed Forces Exchange Exchange Service Service. something like yeah so it's uh, they're actually um, a little bit just a little bit smaller than a regular comic whereas a regular comic something like eight and a half by eleven these are these are more like like eight by ten size, um, but one of them's a promotional comic for Captain America: The First Avenger, and the cover is fantastic, really beautiful art. I have no idea who it is. And then you go to the interior art, and not so much. Um, and I'm trying to figure out if this is supposed to be a story of movie cap, or if they just happen to stick 
the first Avenger logo onto this particular cover. I really don't know where it fits in. I haven't had a chance to read any of these, but I really like the cover art anyway. The other one um, is a new Avengers. Now, the other two are actually, now they're regular comic size. These are also promotional items that are given away through um, Armed Forces recruiting offices. And I remember seeing these advertised when they came out and Wherever I was living at the time, I think I was still living in Georgia, I went to the recruiter station to try to get these comics. And, of course, whenever I went, they were either just out of them or they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. So I'd never actually gotten my hands on them. Well, now I've got three of them. So that's pretty cool. And they're all um, one-shot stories of New Avengers. And this was, like, at a time when New Avengers had just relaunched. So New Avengers were, like, the hot new thing for marvel at the time this is going back to what this is probably like 2006 or something like that i'm guessing um but it looks interesting i mean again they're all just one-shot stories um that don't necessarily tie into the regular ongoing continuity of new avengers or anything but it's with all the regular uh team members of new avengers that were you know in the comics at the time so you've got cap and wolverine and iron man and spider-man and you know all those guys so that's pretty cool so that was kind of the good in there the <laughs> less than good. So I've got one that I've heard of it. I've never had an issue before. I have no idea what the hell this is. It's Star Comics, which, of course, was an imprint of Marvel. Uh, it's the f- fabulous first issue of Air Raiders. The power is in the air. And uh, yeah, I uh, don't know what to think of this thing whatsoever. Although, you know, you can put it with that uh, that brute squad one that Bill had. Yeah, brute but, force. You know, looking at the interior, yeah, art, that's it. It's actually not bad. It's it's written by Howard Mackey. Um, the penciler is Kelly Jones, who I normally detest because I really hated. Is Kelly Jones a guy or a girl? I, I'm assuming he's a yes. guy. But I always <laughs> hated his or her art on Batman. But actually, in here. He's teamed with um, Jim Sinclair as the inker, and I'm getting a real Micronauts vibe off of the art. It's actually pretty nice. Like a Michael Golden look? Yeah, well, not necessarily Michael Golden, but just the look of the world of the Micronauts. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It could be interesting. I'll probably never read it, but because my mom got it for me, it's going to go into the collection. Here we go. And the next one here, um, I actually have uh, doubles, so if either of you want... Uh, the other uh, copy of this that I got, you're you're more than welcome to it. It is Gamma Rodders from DC. It was this is one of those TCR uh, titles. Gamma Rodders number five. Now, I'll, you know, I'll the, take it, but you have to get it slabbed first. <laughs> <laughs> you know the art is remarkably similar to um, Mike Parabek. I mean, a, very similar to it. I'm I'm actually surprised by this. Huh. All right. So again, something I'd heard of, but never actually uh, ever flipped through an issue before. And then I got, ooh, here, you know what? This is another promotional comic. I just realized this. This is actually a Burger King promo, uh, issue number two of Looney Tunes from DC. Yeah, you know the art's not bad, and I actually I love the cover. So yeah, I'll I'll be holding. Put that into the good pile. Yeah, I'm gonna hang on to that one. Here you go. This one could be argued it could be good. I don't know if I've ever actually read this. I'm not even sure if I've ever owned this before, but it'd be interesting to check it out. Um, I, again, I have two copies, so if either of you need this or are interested, I have a bonus uh, extra 
DC's Vigilante number one. Ooh. This is, not, uh, that's not so bad. I think I may yeah. own that. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at my list. I do not own that. Marv Wolfman, Keith Pollard, Dick Giordano. So there's, yeah. there's only like fifty some odd issues to that to that series, isn't there? Yeah, like we talked about it on on another show, I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think if and again, I I don't know this from firsthand, but this is what I've heard. I've heard that the series starts off strong and just peters out quickly. But you know, flipping through this first issue, it doesn't look half bad. So yeah, the art's pretty good. I like Keith Pollard. I think you moved that into the good pile. Yeah. All right, so here is the ugly. With all apologies to my dear mother, who means so well. All right, so the there's there's really there's only two of these, but um, I'm not sure what the hell she was thinking with this. But anyway, so I have, and I don't even know the company on. Let's see, is it Vor? Looks like Vortex. Yeah, Vortex Comics. Never heard of them. I have issue number one, and I really wonder how many issues there were. Issue number one of the Daytona 500 story. Bill, Bill, you're into auto racing comics. <laughs> of all of the issues, this this one and the next one are the only ones that are actually backed and boarded. <laughs> wow. And the last one is issue number 12. Again, it makes me shudder to think how many issues were there of this series exactly. But this is issue number 12, again, by Vortex Comics, the Richard Petty special. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> issue number 12. Number 12. What did they yeah. do, like... Every race he was in, they did one issue. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, the thing that frustrates me about this, you know, beyond, beyond the obvious, of course, is I'm getting this just in time for the Richard Petty experience to have been leveled, completely torn down, leveled, and being made into a parking lot as we speak. So I'll never get a chance to get it signed, damn it. Um, so, yeah. Really? What are they putting in it? They're putting a parking lot there? Yeah, I, My belief is that they're making it into a parking lot, yeah. But yeah, it has, uh, it has officially gone well. They're going to expand Magic Kingdom parking, I do believe. The world's largest parking lot is going to get that much larger. Oh, jeez. Yep. Well, yeah, they're, they're not making the video. park any bigger, so how are they going to... Uh, yeah, but the yeah. attendance, man, the attendance. It's been crazy. But yeah, they don't like cap the attendance and keep people from coming in once it gets too full? Or no? They, well, they do, but I mean, that's... Well, I guess they could go over to the other parks. That's true. They right, could exactly. go to the one and yeah. then jump over to another, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, exactly. okay. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yep. I mean, again, that's just a rumor. I don't know that firsthand, but that's my guess. When are they going to change Epcot in the Star Wars world? <laughs> it's not Epcot that's changing into it. Hollywood Studios, though. Oh, that's really? What are they start, Yeah, it's supposed to start sometime next year on the actual uh, construction of Star Wars land. Bill, you have to stop with your unreasonable hatred of Epcot. I don't hate Epcot. I just don't. <laughs> and every time I go there, I never get to. I've never had a chance to really experience anything up front because that's, it's always been so packed, and I got to walk around the World Showcase. That's because you and I haven't gone together. We need to go together, and we need to make a day of it. And I'll show you the way to properly enjoy Epcot, when it's, well, so even when it's busy. So you could poison me with more soda. From around the world. <laughs> what is this, gasoline? <laughs> but I could light this on fire. <laughs> we'll go and we'll make a we'll make a solid day of Epcot. You will can, enjoy it. Can Matt go too? <laughs> <laughs> he can. He'll choose not to, but he can. Right. Well, See, about... you, you put me in a bad spot because at the same time you're saying 
can can Matt come with us? Matt's saying, does does Bill have to come with us? So you know, you just you put me in a bad place, you know. I was teasing. I was teasing. No, about uh, possible crossover shows or chit chat with them. Yeah, we I, we were just discussing this. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Because yep. there hasn't been any much response back in in the window. That's why I was wondering, and I've been busy and not been able to get back. Um, so I, I think I think that's the key word there is that everybody is just. I was yeah. telling him, I you know. And by the way, for the listeners, if they're wondering who the hell are they talking about, we're talking about Matt Hunsworth, who does, uh, who is one of the. Well, I, I think he's basically the the main guy, the main driving force behind um, Star Wars and character in the shows on the uh, the Neo Zaz uh, network of podcasts. And uh, Matt lives here in the Orlando area, so we've been in in pretty frequent communication lately, and. Uh, you know, and just kind of hanging out whenever we get a chance to kind of hang out a little bit. But I was telling him just the other day that I admire the hell out of the fact that, you know, they do a show, you know, the, the regular Star Wars show that they do is a four man act. And I know that he frequently beats himself up by the little mini hiatuses that they have to take that they, they don't always get a show out regularly every single week. But more often than not, Actually, they this do. year they have, I think they've had something Star Wars and character content out every week. They've, yes. they've had to do little little specials here and there and little best ofs, and, but they've had something out every week. And I, I was just telling him, I admire the hell out of that because I know how tough it is just sometimes when it's just two people. And then like with this show, it's you know regularly three people. I don't know how the hell they do it with four. You know, they all have lives. They all have... Um, you know, uh, jobs and things going on. And uh, I think everybody but Tim has, you know, wives and I think they have kids. And, uh, you know, so there's things that are always going on. And, and just the fact that you can make it happen week after week or or at least fake it really good, you know, week after week is, you know, you guys know it's a tough gig sometimes. So, yeah, kudos to them to be able to make it happen regularly like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a pain. It, it's as much fun as it is. It's difficult to get a show out every week. It is. It is just, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, real, you know, real life and real people that have real jobs, you know, it, it can be it can be tricky. It can be tough. But as far as comic stuff, I was curious what you guys might be, uh, what you might, you know, might be uh, reading or going through at the moment, because uh, I've actually been having a lot of fun. I this is probably a couple of weeks ago now, and I'm not sure exactly why I decided to do it. Just because I guess just because I've always wanted to, and I thought it'd be fun. But for the longest time, there's a couple of characters that I've always wanted to go back and like examine their their earliest stuff and kind of try to try to do a read through. I don't know whether it'll actually happen where I'll do like a complete read through, but I just thought it'd be fun to kind of explore their earliest stories and do as much of a read through as I can before, I don't know, I get bored or lose interest or whatever. But, you know, a couple of those characters were like Captain America and Thor. And I've always kind of had a mild interest in the Hulk too. I mean, I I love the Hulk as a character, but I mean, as far as like, you know, his actual comic book adventures and everything, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the most well read on like the Hulk, but I've been curious about a lot, like a lot of his early adventures and everything. So, what I did recently was um, because it's so damn easy now digitally to just like load up an iPad with just, you know, a ton of comics. What I did was using Mike's Amazing World as a resource. I decided, all right, I'm going to start from Fantastic Four number one, which is pretty much the, the beginning of, you know, the Marvel Universe 
or at least you know the the quote unquote modern Marvel universe, you know, starting in the '60s, and just using his site as a timeline, like starting there and then adding as the superhero titles would start to come out. You know, so you have um, Fantastic Four, and you have um, you know Tales uh, Tales of Suspense and um, Tales to Astonish with Ant Man and um, journey into mystery with Thor and all that kind of stuff and just kind of read them in the order that they came out month by month as you know new titles came along like the Hulk and then titles fell away like because the Hulk original Hulk was only six issues and then it fell away and then eventually he would become a, a, a backup character in um, Tales to Astonish you know stuff like that so I've been doing that and it's one of those things where I'm just kind of picking at it here and there. So whenever I have a little bit of extra time, you know, I'll, I'll read a couple of issues or something like that. Or like if I'm falling asleep, you know, at night and I'm just want to read something to doze off to, you know, I'll read a, an issue or two. So I'm not very far into it. I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure what month or year I'm at, but like using just Iron Man as an example, I've just gotten to the point where Iron Man has adopted his golden armor you know it's still the big clunky armor but now it's the golden armor yeah that wasn't too far into it so it's not too far into it and fantastic four is up to issue about i don't know 13 14 something like that so they had their crossover with the hulk already yeah yep that was 12 if i remember right. yeah so i'm i'm right in that era and i'm having a lot of fun with it because i'm actually discovering stories that i had no idea of you know i may know and I think this is common for a lot of us fanboys. I may know the history, but I've never actually read the stories, if you know what I mean. I've so read now, most of the stuff from back then. So, you know, But now to actually get a chance to to kind of do both, to, to know the history you know, in the broad strokes, but now actually reading the real stories is really interesting because... A lot of this early stuff when it comes to, say, Cap and Thor, I have read most of it. But when it comes to, say, Iron Man, read very little of it. Ant-Man, never read any of it. Um, the Hulk, I, I must have read some of it because some of it was kind of familiar to me. And I think I had those as those um, those little paperbacks they used to put out where they'd reprint like six or eight issues. You know what I'm talking about? Of like the mm-hmm. earliest days stuff. I had some of those when I was a kid. I had a couple Spider-Man ones. I know I had a, one or two Hulk ones and somebody else. Um, but like with the Fantastic Four, I have read Fantastic Four number one. And then the next issue in the order that I probably that I read is probably well over issue 100. Really? So there's all that stuff, all that classic Lee Kirby stuff that everybody raves about that I don't think I've ever read any of it. Oh, you need, never, you need to do that read through then. Yeah, you know, it never really appealed to me, to be honest to you. But now I'm reading it, and some of it in the very beginning is, I'll be honest, I think it's kind of shit. Like the one where Dr. Doom sends them back to fight Blackbeard. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? Well, that was, that was the first appearance of Dr. Doom. Yeah, it was, and it was kind of stupid. That's where but, Ben Grimby, he becomes Blackbeard? I just got it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it was really ridiculous. Yeah. But I you, just you, read an issue that really blew my mind because the, while the villain became a joke, he was actually kind of interesting in this issue, which I believe man? it was. Uh, no, it was. Um, Molecule Man? Oh, God, what the hell is his name? The, the Red Ghost. The Red, the red, the red Ghost? ghost? Is in his Ape Men oh. or whatever the I hell. I think Kragoff. And so 
they chase him and they actually wind up on the moon and that's where they meet the watcher for the very first time and the thing that really was interesting about that story and the thing that i never realized about the marvel universe now of course i knew you know the origin of the fantastic 4 and i know that their origin was very much tied into the race for the moon. You know, that was the whole reason why they became the Fantastic Four. They built this rocket. It wasn't well protected. They went out into space. They got bombarded, yada, yada. They get their superpowers. I always knew that, but I never realized that in the actual Marvel Universe continuity, the Fantastic Four were the first people People on the moon. And I never realized that before. And that was kind of cool to me to learn that. So in the very next issue, they come back to great fanfare and everything, which they actually managed to artfully dodge using their superpowers. So they didn't want the acclaim and everything. And then from there, I'm wondering how often, if ever, that's ever referenced again. But for that brief moment, that's actually pretty cool that the Fantastic Four in the 616 universe were actually the first people on the moon. I I just thought that was really neat. and I couldn't believe I never knew that before. So it, it's been a lot of fun, you know, this process of discovery and the, the issue I'm at right now in the read through, because what I'm doing is I'm going month by month and just reading the superhero comics. Because, I mean, you know, there's still a lot of like romance and Westerns and all that shit going on at the same time as superheroes are becoming more and more. But it's it's actually pretty easy, at least in this very beginning to keep up with everything, because there's only like what, like six books, I think there's um there's FF, there's Iron Man, there's Ant-Man, there's, let's see, Hulk just ended. Um, Have you ever listened Cap to... Cap hasn't hit the scene yet with, with Tales of Suspense. So, I mean, there's not that many books. Of course, there will add books, and I'm not reading Spider-Man just because I have read most of that stuff before. And I wasn't going to do Avengers, although I'm tempted to throw Avengers into it just to see how it fits in the continuity, but I hadn't done it yet. Have you ever sorry, read... Uh, have you listened to Andy and Steven on the fantastic cast. You know, I hadn't, and I feel badly that I didn't even think about that until you asked me, but that's not a bad idea because I had wanted to listen to their show when they kicked that show off. And the only reason I didn't is I wasn't familiar with the material. Um, because I've listened all the way through till now. And one of the things that they do, because basically, you know, they're, they cover every appearance of the fantastic four in the Marvel in the Marvel universe month by month. And because they do strange tales when the human torch is over there. Um, and it, right now they're up to the early to getting to the mid seventies. And at some point they're going to start doing Marvel two and one. They've done a couple Marvel team ups where the, where the, where the torch is in that. Um, but they do kind of what you're saying is that they also talk about what was going in, going on in other books that month in the Marvel Universe. So it kind of is it, it, they have a brief overlook of what's going on in the Marvel Universe, what was actually going on in the world itself, our world, you know, big key news events. Um, and they've got some really good coverage of the individual stories. And it's and I have not like you, I have not read like I've read the first issue and then maybe I've looked at a few others here and there. But like that first 100 issues, I have not read a lot of them, and I've learned a lot and and wanted to go read those now from listening to them discuss it on the show. And it's they're up to like 150, 152 issues. Oh wow! Me, e- episodes. Well, they're up to like uh, issue 129, 130 perhaps. So uh, you know, if you want, if you're 
low on podcasts or just want to give it a listen, I would give it a try. Yeah, I um, right it gets now to back I'm, to the bin seal of approval. <laughs> right now, I'm listening through all of Star Wars in character, and I've just hit a point. I'm about, uh, I think I'm in this time last year in my listen through, so it won't be oh, much so, longer. I'll be completely caught up. So, so and, you've listened to one of the you've you've heard the Christmas specials then, or at least oh one. yeah. so once i'm caught up with that um you know done with that listen through then of course i'm going to be keeping up with that show as they actually come out i got to get caught back up on my other regular shows because i've let all them lapse while i've been listening through all of swick um but then once i've got all that accomplished then yeah i think i might add them into my regular uh rotation because now i'm i'm really curious yep plus they have the what is it the top the top song in the UK during the week that yeah. the Fantastic Four issue came out. So there's been some some songs that we would recognize, but then other ones that were big in the UK but not big over here that you're like, what the f- What am I listening to? I think Mongo Jerry was on, was like the top hit not too long ago, one, one or two shows ago. In the summertime, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
whoever whoever's house you go to and whoever it is that's paying for all the food, <laughs> it's whatever he decides. You're having a shit sandwich, and I'm going to name it as a shit sandwich. Enjoy it. I don't care if it's a bratwurst. Anyways. Shit sandwich and shut up. Now, our next email <laughs> is from Socrates. Socrates Johnson. Do you boys want to take it, or should I read another one? Wow, I've got to break out the I'm bicycle. Not, I'm not in the email. I can get into the email if you want to give me the uh, the skinny on how we to gotta, get We've got to walk you through it every time, don't we? Every time. Yes, you do. You know, there's these things called bookmarks. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll take this one. I would do that, but, you know, then I'd Sub- have to be bothered. Subject, comic numbering, and is from Socrates Alvarez, and it is, it says, Socrates in Miami. Hey, Paul and Dr. Bill. Uh, I listen to every show, but I but have only sent an email twice. Uh, you both do an excellent job. Uh, I have been collecting comics since age 10. I never had a problem collecting comics with numbers like 368 or 488. I love the editor notes and tried my hardest to find a few of those editor note issues when a story really grabbed my imagination. Independent comics only had low numbering mostly. I, I guess that's him saying that uh, he doesn't like the fact that they reboot to start with number one again because there's nothing problem. There's no problem with it having a high number, and I kind of agree with that. Yeah, because that's what he says here. He says now all mainstream superhero comics are in the 40s or 50s in terms of numbering, and independents like Invincible, Spawn, Walking Dead are in the hundreds. When did this flip happen? I've been listening to fan to fan casts for past four to five years where fans are complaining about the old numbering in the early 2000s. Uh, oh, and uh, Dr. Bill, my mother lives in Claremont, Florida. Is there a good back issue shop in Central Florida? The shop in her town has a weak back issue selection. And didn't we discuss this on one of the... We, we touched on this briefly, you and I, Scott, because you actually lived in Claremont, didn't you? Yeah, when I first, yeah, that's weird because we haven't read this email already, have we? No, but I think I brought it up in discussion either in in a pre pre show or we did talk about it on one of the past two shows, just in passing. But yeah, when I first moved down here and was staying with my buddy Mark, yeah, that was in Claremont. That's where he lives. And there was a place over there. I'm trying to remember who the hell was I with. It must have been you. There was, there was a, a day. Yeah, wasn't it that day that it was me, you, Scott Rifen with us? Me and you and a dog named Boo. I want to say Sorry. it was me, you, Rifen, and Matt Hunsworth, right? And we were going around hitting comic shops. In Central Florida? Yeah. When when was that? That day. Well, there was when Paul was with us. It was when Paul was. Oh, down that's right. Paul... It was Paul. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah, it was. It was that's so right. You mixing me up with Rife? <laughs> I I was trying to think of who the hell it was, um, and I think that we we tried to go by that one that I was thinking of in Claremont, and it wasn't there anymore. No, oh, Claremont. Claremont's too far away. We wouldn't have gone to Claremont. No. No, Claremont. Right. No. Well, it must have been another time that I'm thinking of that I'm confusing it. But you go there through. Used, there used to be a place in Claremont. It was called something like like A1 Comics or A Comics or something like that. And it was a nice little shop. And the last time I was over there, either they're gone or um, or I couldn't find the place. One of the two. But that they had that one, and then there was another one that may or may not have been in Claremont proper. 
Um, God, I can't remember the name of that place. It was a great little shop. I feel really bad. I can't remember the name of it. Um, they were brand new when I had just moved there. The guy had just opened the shop and it was in a strip mall. So it was just a tiny little place. It was like, you know, it was like between like a pizzeria and, you know, some other place. I have no idea if it's still there. And it was a nice little shop for brand new comics and collectibles, but he didn't have any back issues. And the last time I talked to him and you got to, you know, realize that this was like five years ago, but the last time I talked to him, he had no interest in oh. having uh, back issues either. He just, he didn't see the money in it. So um, those are the only two I can think of. And I can't even remember the name of the other place, but in this area, you know, it, it seems like pretty much the go-to comic book stores are all the stores that are in the um, the Coliseum of Comics chain. There are some other ones that are around, but you know, generally speaking, those are the most convenient ones and the ones that tend to have the the best back issue selections and all that. I won't say best prices, but you know, best selection mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that was uh, thanks, Ben's best regards. Socrates or Socrates S. Alvarez the third. That's not awesome. we, we move on to our next email. Did you sign in yet, Scott? Did you put the thing in the I, I put the link there. The thing yeah, you in put the, the thing. link there, but I need the I need the address in the Well the address is bins at two dot com. Okay. Which reminds me I've been meaning to go back <laughs> and update the uh, the closer to the show. Once again, Okay. See, this is why I never go in there. I could never remember this password. Look at the password and then reverse it. And it becomes very easy to remember. Ah, uh, okay. You're smart. <laughs> I didn't make up the password. I just realized what it is. All right. It's doing all kinds of funky stuff. What the hell is it doing? It says folder's empty. We did them all. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's in no. the folder called Bin's Mail. Yes. Oh, God damn it. We did it all. Yay. <laughs> There's Avengers mail, Ben's mail, mail that's been read on the show. All right. Which one are I we keep, at? I keep a, a tight ship here. Socrates. Okay. So no, we, we did Socrates already. We're right, up to so Kyle Benning. Kyle, Kyle Benning. Okay. Here we go. I will read one just to feel like. Now, you I, might just want to go to the Just to pretend you belong. Yes. Here we go. You I might want to what? Well, because the next one is like a continuation. Okay. Uh, well, I'll do them both. So just, yeah, just jump to the next one. All uh, right. So we got greetings, producer Paul, bookless Bill, and Snark McGill. Uh, by the way, the subject on this one is back to the bins goodness. I like that. Since I just wanted to uh, say, hey, mention how uh, how much I've enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I can't read. Let me move this thing out of the way here. Here we go. I just wanted to say, hey, mention how much. I've continued to enjoy your fine show each week. Whether it's Bins or Avengers Spotlight, you guys continue to crank out entertaining and enlightening episodes with great commentary and a lot of laughs. Which show is he talking about? Oh, okay. Only the ones when you couldn't make it. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed your interview with Val Merrick. All right, awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Says he's always been one of my favorites and a very underrated artist. Yes, he is. I'm really going to uh, have to track down that Western graphic novel he's working on when it gets released. How did you first make contact with Mr. Merrick and start talking to him about appearing on the show? Uh, Paul, you're best qualified to answer that because you're the one that uh, that did that. Yeah, well, I, I sent Val a Facebook message 
asking him if he'd be willing to come on the show. And I hadn't heard back from him for a while, but then when I sent him another message asking him how much he charged for a commission, all of a sudden I heard back. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And he, he responded to both. He told me what he'd want for the commission, and he uh, he said, oh, I'd be happy to be on the show. That's awesome. But I, I think, to be, to be fair to Val, I don't think he pays close attention to his Facebook messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're much better off going to his personal website and, and sending him a message through that, because I think that he actually ch- checks more frequently. <clears throat> so I'd be curious to hear from the listeners if they'd be interested in more of that sort of thing. I know I'd be interested in doing more of that. Yeah, I I would too. And it's funny because for the longest, I mean, I've been doing this seven years now. And in, you know, in the whole history of of doing podcasts, I never really had a whole lot of interest in talking to creators for a couple of reasons. But probably the biggest one was that generally when other shows would do it, I was generally bored with those particular episodes if it took them away from their regular format. And so I guess it makes me a bit of a hypocrite, but now I actually want to do more of them because I, I enjoyed that one so much. And generally speaking, the, the few times that I ever have done uh, interviews with you know creators, whether they be comics or whatever, I, I've generally really enjoyed you know talking to them and just getting a little bit of a, a peek into you know their creative process and, and how things worked out for them. I, I, just th- I think it's fun. Especially when you get a really, really entertaining one like Val or um, Chris Honeywell and I talked to um, Pat Broderick. God, that's got to be going on about two years ago, I think, now. And that guy was a riot because, I mean, he was just wind him up and let him go. And it was great, you know, because we we didn't have to do anything but just ask him the right question. And he would just, you know, he just would go. And those are the kind of interviews that are just fantastic because, you know. There's, there's not a lot to it. You know, you don't have to work for it. They, they do the work for you, essentially. But he was fascinating to listen to. So, yeah, I'd be totally down for doing more of those. But, again, I'd like to know, you know, what do the listeners think about that? I was thinking an interesting one to do, just based on our interaction with him at Eternal Con, uh, would be Paris Cullen. Yeah, yeah. He, he seems great. like a wind him up yeah. and let him go guy. Yeah. He certainly was that day. Yeah, I think he'd be a really good one. I was brokenhearted that... Uh, um, Rich Buckler just really had no interest whatsoever. That 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 kind of hurt my feelings. But I mean, only in that sense. I mean, it wasn't personal. You know what I mean? He just doesn't do podcasts. But uh, I, I was really hoping maybe we could change his mind because I mean, you know, I, and it makes me wonder why. I, I'm wondering, does he think it's going to be a hit piece or something? Because no, I, I mean, think, I think we love the guy. You know? I think he's just not comfortable getting his voice out there. Because even yeah. when I when I inquired about uh, about a particular issue. And that I'd have questions about. He had told me if I want to send him written questions, he'd be happy to send me written answers. So it's not yeah. that he's afraid of participating. I think it's he just doesn't like to be interviewed. Right. So, well, you know, another thing that was on my mind recently, too, is, you know, another reason I'd, I think I'd like to get, you know, talking to more of these guys and, and really get a chance to, you know, properly sit down and, and speak with them is that it seems like lately they're dropping like freaking flies, man. Every time I turn around, somebody new is gone or you know, not somebody new, but somebody's gone. You know, there's a there's a new loss. And it, that just kills me because who, who was that that passed away in the past week? Um, oh, yeah. You know, that that reminds me. I meant to kind of kick the show off with a with a dedication to him. But, yeah, we just lost uh, Murphy Anderson. Yeah. And in fact, was, the uh, in the podcast. uh Podcast chatter, uh, Facebook private message. Uh, there was some talk about maybe trying to do a Murphy Anderson 
month like we did did with Jerry Conway. I love that idea. Yeah, I I really love that idea. Maybe next episode. Maybe we'll do it. Yeah, I'd totally be down for doing that because, uh, yeah, he was uh, was fantastic. I mean, I really love the guy's work and everything. And um, I didn't really get a chance to say much about it because, I mean, that happened right as, as, if I'm remembering the, the timeline of events properly, I think I had just gone on vacation. So, I mean, I was out of touch and I, I didn't have access to, you know, my my comic database or anything like that. So I couldn't, like, post images or anything. But, um, yeah, that one was, was a real blow because one of the i think it was the very first comic convention i ever went to on my own as an adult like where i drove myself there was there was an ithacon that i went to and ithacon was you know up until i moved to the south ithacon was like the biggest thing i ever went to which is kind of a joke because i mean it's just it's one of those like one day or I, i i think they were either one day shows or they were weekend shows i forget but i'd only ever go for a day and it was essentially like your your little one day hotel style comic book convention that you guys have probably been to once or twice, and a lot more than once or twice, you know. And, and that's what it was. It was just a little tiny thing, and it was put on as I would learn much later. They were actually put on by Roger Stern, and because he he and his his wife of the time, she was a teacher at Cornell, which is right there in Ithaca. And so they would put on the convention and they would invite all of their friends. And that's how they got guys like Jim Shooter and John Byrne, although I never got to see Byrne, um, and Murphy Anderson and all these other ones that would come there. So I went to Ithacon this one year and I think I had been a couple of times before, but you know, my parents had always driven me down. Well, now I, this is when I was in the service and I went down there with the girlfriend that I was dating at the time. And we drove down for the day and... Of course, she's bored out of her mind. She'd never read comics, had no interest in comics or whatever. So as I'm looking around, I ended up talking to this real nice old fella. And as I'm talking to him and certain things that he would say and I'm watching him do sketches, it starts to occur to me, holy shit, this is Kurt Swan. And then as we talk more, I come to realize it wasn't Kurt Swan. It was Murphy Anderson. And he was just, of all the creators I've ever met... Not that there's a lot of them, but of all, all the ones I've ever... I, actually, let me rephrase that. Not just cre- comic book creators, but uh, celebrities I've ever met. He was He's the most the human? One, yeah, he was. And, but he was also the one by which I measure all the other ones that I've ever met. Whether they were super nice or whether they were dicks. I always measured them by that interaction with him. Because I was a kid. you know, I was 19, 20 years old. And I'm sure I was a bit obnoxious and probably a little bit annoying, but you know he nah, never you? made me feel that way. You know he was so he, was, he could be at at the top and Bruce Boxleitner would be at the bottom. Oh yes, most definitely. <laughs> but I mean, not only did he take all the time in the world to talk to me and and make me feel like I was so, the yeah. most important person he was talking to that day. While we were talking, carrying on and everything, his wife was entertaining my girlfriend at the time. So it was just this great what interaction. What's that? <laughs> what have we here? <laughs> but it Not was just this great you know, uh, conversation with this guy who, you know, even at that time, I mean, he was a legend, you know, and, and that just that that has always stuck with me, the fact that. It wasn't just a, here, let me sign this so you'll get the hell out of my face. I mean, I hung out with the guy for, it had to be a couple of hours. 
Now, granted, it was a small little thing. You know, there weren't a lot of people there, but still, I mean, this guy was a comic book legend and I was nobody, you know, by all rights. He should have been like, here, I've signed your shit. Go away. And he wasn't. He was like, here, have a seat, sit down and talk to me. So what do you like in comics and who's your favorite? I mean, I can really remember that whole interaction with him. And it was that's what it was. It wasn't just, you know, a, a brief little thing. It was an actual conversation and interaction with him that you, you just you don't get that. You know what I mean? And I didn't you, really appreciate until years later just how special that actually was, you know, because you just don't get that when you go to conventions and meet these people. You know, yeah, if you get 20 minutes, you're you're damn lucky. Well, because you 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 were expecting the uh, the WC fields go go away, boy. You bother me. Exactly. Yeah, very much so. And not at all that way. I'm super nice guy. And I mean, genuinely interested in what you had to say as a fan of the medium. And that was pretty damn cool. And that's always stuck with me. I mean, I've definitely met other people in the biz that are, were super nice and everything. But again, I, I nobody's ever been nicer. I mean, he was mm. just everything you heard about him the the day that he died and all the nice things people were saying, they were really true. I mean, he was a gentleman in every sense of the word, just an incredibly nice guy. So, yeah, I would love the opportunity to, you know, to do a show or a, or a series of show really, uh, you know, spotlighting his work. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And I, I, I adored the guy. That was the other thing about it is he wasn't just one of these guys were like, ah, eh, you know, I liked his, you know, his covers that he did on this series or something. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything I ever saw his I didn't like. I mean, I was a genuine fan of his work, too. So, yeah. Anyway, I feel like I'm uh, <laughs> walking all over poor Kyle's letter here. I'll go ahead and get back into this. Um, he's talking to you here, Paul. He says, pal, your commission turned out awesome. Very jealous. And, yes, that was a beautiful commission, too. Says, yeah, I, I, love I, was, the I was tempted to – I scanned it, and I was tempted to print it and try and see about, like, inking it myself and see what I could do. Sure. But, uh, we'll see if I get to You're not doing the actual one. Yeah, go no, ahead. No, no, I would never. The, the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the actual one is actually in a frame and hanging up already. Yeah. But I the don't... but the scan of it, I can, you know, I can ink. Huh. I wonder, oh, you know, I never thought of doing that. I've got that Jimmy Palmiotti Daredevil head sketch. Never thought of that. Huh. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I just looked I up and first... it He says, I love the first episode of Horror Month. I really enjoyed Werewolf Week. Uh, so much so that uh, as I typed this email, I just snagged Marvel Premiere 45 and 46 featuring a Perez-drawn man-wolf off eBay for a mere 75 cents each. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the story that kind of wraps up the ongoing story that had started in um, Creatures on the Loose, right? Yeah, I think so. Creatures on the Loose got canceled... And it was in mid-story, if I remember right. And Man-Wolf was out in space or something. And I think that story continues in Marvel premiere. I, I think the same sort of thing happened with um, with Captain Marvel. When Captain Marvel's book got canceled, they wrapped up his story in one of those Marvel I don't know, premiere previews, something like that as well. Uh, I should point out that the first time John became the Man-Wolf was in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man 124 and 125, um, at least one of which I think is drawn by John Byrne, if I'm not mistaken. No, no. No? No, that, that predates John Byrne. I Didn't John Byrne do an early Man-Wolf story in Spider-Man? Oh, I'll have to look that up. Anyway, uh, he says, uh, which has been adapted into a power record... Uh, 
book and record set, which Rob Kelly and Chris Franklin just covered in the latest episode of Power Records podcast. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I definitely know the book and record set he's talking about. I think I had that when I was a kid. So just listening to that episode of the PR podcast and this episode of Bins made me uh, or had me craving more man wolf. Kind of like how Bill craves more giant sized man thing. <laughs> hey, what? What? Can't funny. wait to listen uh, to what other Halloween themed. And this must be where it continues in the next email. Uh, he says, well, that's why I get for trying to type this email on my phone. I hit the send icon while I was trying to scroll. Fucking piece of shit. Yahoo mail app. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> Anyway, I can't wait to listen to what other Halloween-themed episodes the Binge crew uh, have planned for the rest of October. About time we had another theme month. All right, good. I'm glad to hear that somebody likes our themed months because I've been thinking a lot about uh, more of them that we could do, uh, hopefully, in the in the near future. Keep up the great work. Your fan, Kyle Benning. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for the man thing, crack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right. Next email is from Russell Bragg, and the subject is Back to the Bins number 210, Horror Month, Werewolves. Hi, guys. Good to hear Scott Gardner. You know yeah, what's coming. It. What's that? Isn't it, though? I, uh, from, a, from a certain point of view. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Obi-Wan. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know what's coming. I didn't have any of the comics discussed. <laughs> In fact, wow! Surprise, I, surprise! I don't really have any horror comics. Does I do he have, have any comics? Is what I want to know. Yeah, he apparently has some. He sent me a stack. Well, maybe uh, he sent me all. By of the them. way, that reminds me. You said our friend Russell Bragg. I really think what you meant was your friend Russell Bragg, because I don't think I've ever gotten any swag from Russell. So oh, maybe you're not sure you meant that attitude. <laughs> just kidding Russell just if you have kidding. anything to send to Scott Russell just send it to me instead because obviously he's just you know alright anyways I do have three hardbound editions of the Batman vs. Dracula storyline I don't know if the three stories are compiled in an omnibus or not by now plus I remember Superman's comic where Superman battles Dracula Superman number 344 but that's it I did try to look up a question you guys had about werewolves appearing in other than Marvel Comics. I didn't find much. There was a three-issue miniseries published by Dark Horse Comics called Werewolves on the Moon. There was a six-issue miniseries published by DC Comics called Superman and Batman vs. Vampires and Werewolves. I'm sure there are various single issues out there, but those are the highlights. I'll be looking forward to more monsters in the coming episodes. If one of you does Superman 344, I will at least have one issue you guys talk about. Ooh, sorry. Sorry, Russell. (laughs) Until next time, thanks for keeping my Saturdays entertaining. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. P.S. Scott, what happened to Back to the Future Month? Or whatever you were going to do to celebrate its 30th anniversary. One of my favorites. Yeah, what did happen to that? Uh, I was hoping you weren't going to read that, P.S. So here's what happened. Um, Life got in the way after looking forward to doing that episode for the entire history of two true freaks the date sadly just came and went and uh, and we weren't able to put anything together i almost almost sat down the weekend before future day and recorded uh i was going to record something just related to back to the future 2 proper 
Um, and then I thought, you know, I don't know how much Chris Honeywell had been looking forward to doing that, but I know that we always discussed doing it together and I didn't want to do it without him. So I imagine Back to the Future month or something resembling it will still happen at some point. It just, it really sucks that we didn't do it when I wanted to do it, which I'd always wanted to do it in the month of October of 2015, you know, because of future day and, and it just didn't happen. Um, but you know, in my own way, I, I got to celebrate it cause, uh, my wife and I were on vacation that week cause our anniversary is actually on the 20th of October. So that next night while we were on vacation, back to the future two was actually playing, um, in the theater that's at Walt Disney World. So we went to a showing that night of Back to the Future 2, which was really cool because it was timed just about perfectly to the point in the movie where Doc and Marty and Jennifer wind up in 2015 and Doc reads the clock was just about perfectly synced with the actual time that it was while we were watching the movie. That was pretty cool. And like everybody cheered. It was actually a really cool experience. And uh, it kind of relit my fire and, and my passion for Back to the Future. And I really do seriously regret that we didn't get anything out for that. But um, as you probably figured out by now, uh, Two True Freaks proper is just on a, an unintended hiatus at the moment. Um, it seems like ever since we came back from Eternal Con that, that things just kind of fell apart. And it's not anything, you know, mysterious or weird or, or anything to be concerned about other than it's just for the first time ever in the history of Two True Freaks, um, Chris is really busy and I'm really busy and we just can't seem to, to work anything out to get anything done. Um, and most of it's me. Um, just I, I've had some things going on at work that have just really required much more of my full attention than has ever really been required before. So I've kind of taken myself off the table, um, but I didn't want to be out of podcasting altogether. So that's why I'm continuing to do bins. Plus bins from my perspective is very easy. You know, I read a funny book, we come in, we discuss. So there's not a lot of work Two true freaks proper. Um, not to sound like I'm complaining, but Two true freaks proper is a hell of a lot of work. So, um, at the moment I've just, I've really just had to concentrate on my career more than podcasting. Cause at the end of the day, love the show, but it is just a hobby. If you know what I mean? And I, I hope that doesn't sound like a really dick thing to say, but I, I hope you know where I'm coming from on that. I got, there's just, there's times when you have to put your play things aside and go, well, you know, it's, it's time to, you know, put on my big boy pants and do the, the thing I'm supposed to be doing. And right now concentrating on my career is the, the thing I've got to be doing. So, but hopefully things will start easing up here and in, uh, in the near future, we'll be able to start banging some episodes again. If everything uh, goes as planned, and of course, you know, by the time you guys hear this, this will be weeks ago, but uh, if everything goes according to plan, uh, I'm supposed to sit down and record with uh, Mr. Scott Rifen tomorrow and get a new episode of earning my ears banged out. So hopefully that'll happen. So, Still trying to get shows out, you know, whenever possible. It's just unfortunately the the weekly um, habit that we had going may, for the time being, be something of a thing of the path uh, past. I'm I'm hoping not, but we're just gonna have to see how it goes. That's that's a long-winded, half-assed explanation, but that's the truth. That's that's what's happening. I say a likely story. <laughs> 
No, the, the whole life gets in the way thing is just, you know, that's reality. That's all there is to it. It is, yeah. But it just, yeah. it sucks, you know, because, yeah, it's funny because Honeywell and I were just talking about this the other day. Um, you know, we're still talking and everything, even when we can't get shows knocked out regularly. And it just, you know, I mean, for seven years, seven years, we never missed a Monday of our own choosing. Now we we did miss one or two that were you know every once in a while like a technical thing would happen where we just couldn't make an episode post on a Monday like it was supposed to. But you know, barring that one or two times when that sort of thing happened for seven straight years, every single Monday we had an episode out, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it was one Monday, then two Mondays, and now I, I couldn't tell you how long it's been since we've had a, a proper show out, and that that sucks. I mean, that that's real. It is painful to me because it, it makes me ashamed of myself that you know that I'm we're not able to do it, but. You know, at the same rate, you know, as you say, you, you got to you got to take care of the bills. You know, you got to you got to do what you properly have to do, you know, and, and the podcasting thing, much as I love it, you know, is a hobby. And, and you have to keep it in that perspective because you know, it, it doesn't pay my my bills. My proper job does. So that's you know, that's where the priority lies. Well, that's okay. We won't make you do the walk of shame like they did in Game of Thrones, strip you naked <laughs> and have you walk from. From 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 Mickey's castle down Main Street out the gate naked, <laughs> with people throwing with people throwing feces at you. Yeah, no nobody needs to see that. <laughs> so I did a little bit of the research while we were talking here. So it's not that I doubted you, Paul. It's just I knew that I wasn't crazy. That somewhere out there that there was a two part Amazing Spider-Man story. With the man wolf in it by oh John I don't Carter. doubt that I just know it wasn't one twenty four and one twenty five yeah. but it was just it was killing me I'm like all right so where is that story was that so around one ninety four it was uh, one eighty nine and one ninety it was right, a short story um, written by Marv Wolfman with um, Burn as the artist and Jim Mooney as the inker um, and it was the man wolf where where man wolf came back and uh, and fought Spider Man. Some really, really nice burn art in that, especially the cover to 189 is uh, has always been one that I really like. Is because it's actually all in the bandages. Yeah, because it looks like it's actually the living mummy that's that's abducting J. Jonah Jameson while Spider-Man is watching, but it's it turns out that it's uh, that it's uh, the man wolf because he's all bandaged up. I can't remember. Do you remember why he was all bandaged? I can't. I don't remember. I I, I don't remember the storyline exactly, but I do think. I do think it was something where he was all bandaged and they didn't know exactly what it was. And then when he came out of the bandages, it was like, oh, shit, it's the, it's the man right. wolf. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to dig those out and reread them. I haven't read that in a long, long time. I, I don't think that one was ever adapted into the audio format. But that's the story I was thinking of when he was talking about that. Good yeah, stuff. Okay, I do remember that. Uh, like I said, I, I wasn't doubting that Byrne did a man wolf story. I'm just I'm right. sure 124 and 125 is is too early. I'm thinking it's Bill yeah. Kane. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I didn't want I didn't want to look it up. I just wanted to kind of try and remember, but I'm not 100 percent sure. You know what? I'll look it up for you because now you got me curious. What was it? 120. 124 and 125. 24. I had that power. Is Bill Kane and John Ramita. And 125 is Ross Andrew and John Ramita. Oh, okay. 
So, I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if you've if you've ever listened to that Power Records. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I think the, I had the thing about that one, and I think maybe we've even talked about this before. When when Spider Man rips the uh, the the Moonstone off his neck and the howl and everything, that's always stayed with me. Pretty brutal. Yeah, it just it was it was loud. It was you know pained, and it just like it was one of one of the more realistic moments for those Power Records things, <laughs> or the more intense moments. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, I, I love those, especially you know, the Power Records. I, I love in general, so I enjoy listening to to Rob's show on that. But in particular, when they uh, when they do the Marvel ones, you know, those are the ones that I had that I played over and over and over again. Spider Man, Hulk, Captain America, Fantastic Four. I think it was those four, and then there were other lesser ones, you know, the Man Thing or Tomb of Dracula. But those were the you know the big ones. Right. And those are the ones I just, I, I played the hell out of them. <laughs> anyway, we got one more email. Doctor? Yeah, you read sorry. It? I'll read it if you like. Sure. I was like, uh, yeah, and I, I got something to bring up after you, you read the last email. That's why I was kind of quiet. So go ahead. All right. This one is entitled Iron Man 101 Review. Uh, this one is from Socrates in Miami. He says, Do you think it bothers him that we call him Socrates? I, I hope not. <laughs> if, if so, we apologize. We're just having fun from Bill and Ted. I hope he gets the reference, yeah. He says, hello, Bins. He says, just finished, just finished the monster episode. Uh, I really lucked out when you guys reviewed Iron Man 101. Uh, I found a great deal on Craigslist a while back. Iron Man Volume 1, 100 through 323, complete for 100 bucks. Holy shit. <laughs> man, that's, that's what, two, that's 223. Man, like that's 50, like less, less than, than 50, 50 cents. Yeah, man, the comics were in great shape, bagged and boarded. What deals have you found on Craigslist? I've never been on Craigslist. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. Wow. Maybe I need to go haunt some Craigslist now. Wow. I don't know. You got to be careful of that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But wow, that's that's a hell of a deal. Back to 101. He says, while the monster is weird looking, the art is uh, not so bad, guys. He says, your guess is right on a few points. And this run of comics, Iron Man 101 through 120, is great. There's a Carmine Infantino uh, issue. The growing man colonizers Vanguard and some cool villains pop up. Uh, keep up the great show. Best regards, and this is from Socrates S. Alvarez the Third. Well, not not to denigrate Socrates' opinion on it, but that's exactly what it is. It's an opinion, same as when we say we don't like the artwork. That's our opinion, <laughs> and that's the one thing about artwork and, and art appreciation is either you appreciate it or you don't. And I really have never appreciated George Tusk's artwork, and I don't think I ever will. Uh, I, I, I know I, I got a little strong about my opinions on it, but hey, that's the way I feel. <laughs> there, you know, I do agree there is no right or wrong. The fact that you like it, the fact that Luke likes it, you know, that's fine. You know, nobody, nobody's going to tell you what to think. It's just not my bag, man. I'm middle of the road on Tuska. Some of them look funky, others not so bad. So. I you know I I think we may have maybe mentioned this back then, but I always go back to the uh, interview with Steve Englehart where he talked about how when he was a young writer and he was writing uh, Hero for Hire and he'd give George Tuska like instructions on what to do and Tuska would just look at him and say, "Yeah, I'm not doing that." <laughs> and I thought, what a, what a miserable bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question for you guys: 
Mm-hmm. Do either of you have any volumes of Marvel Masterworks? Uh, I don't have any hardcover volumes. I have soft covers. Yeah, I don't. I think I got one or two, but I couldn't really. I'd have to go look on the shelf to see what it is. I'm wondering if they recolored or touched up the coloring or the artwork in any of those reprints, or if they just reprinted it right from the original source material, you know, untouched. Well, I have noticed in the um, the hardcover Korvac saga, there's been differences in the coloring from that compared to the original issues. So I think in a lot of these other hardcovers, they are doing some touch-ups. And like in the omnibuses. I won't say what it was, but just just to let the readers know, you know, we did have books prepared tonight for the show. And the book that I had prepared, I'll, I'll just bring it another night. But I was really taken with the art in it. But I noticed that the coloring, while the coloring wasn't bad, there were a lot of places where the printing process put the color like outside the lines, if you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. it was very distracting because of that, because you could tell it was just an issue with with whatever the process, you know, the actual printing process was, the plates or whatever the hell it was, where like the art, where the coloring was just shifted a bit from where it should have been in the lines of the artwork. And I wonder if it had ever been reprinted to where they actually corrected it, because I, you know, it looks great as it is, but it looked that much better if you know if the color was in the proper places too. But I, I don't generally go for reprints, but I've noticed that the few uh, modern Marvel reprints that I have ever um, purchased or, or looked at, um, the ones that have been recolored are generally really, really nice. I mean, it really complements the artwork normally. I don't know. What do you guys think? I've kind of felt that way, too, about it, but I've had some people who've criticized the recoloring and, and said that it, you know that it doesn't look right to them. But as a general rule, I've found it to be that the artwork pops more with, right. the, with the modern coloring applied to the older classic books. I particularly mm-hmm. liked, uh, and I had bought the uh, the trade on it, uh, the old Tales of Asgard stories that they had uh, as like the backup feature in Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they took those and they, they recolored them all and they put it in a trade. And, and I really liked it a lot. So to each their own. Once again, you know. Everybody can decide what they like and what they don't like. There was a, a story. It was an, an Ant-Man story. Oh, in, the first appearance of the Wasp, I think it was, that they had done. Yeah, in that, that whatever that book was, that Requiem book or whatever that came out after she died in, what was that, Secret Invasion or whatever the hell she died in? Yeah, she got better. She came back. Yeah, I know. But you know what I'm talking about? That, that one-shot special that came out? Yeah, then she was busy fighting Baron Causer. Yeah, and they and they reprinted um, her origin story in that, and had it completely recolored with a with a new modern coloring uh, style and technique. And it, I mean, it was nice. I mean, I really liked the look of it. I, I can see where purists would not like it, but I really liked it because it, it took that old artwork and really jazzed it up nicely and, and gave it a very modern feel. So I am curious, you know, what other projects they have done that with, because I would imagine that process has got to take some time, you would think. But, yeah, I would think, too. But uh, unless it's, you know, mostly done by computer, I don't know. But I, I like I said, I, I also enjoyed it that way. And I, I understand it's, uh, 
it may not be to you know the purists tastes and I mean in a lot of ways I am a purist about a lot of stuff but that didn't bother me at all wait she was fighting Bar- Baron Karza it was it was kind of like a, a it was it wasn't because they don't have the rights to him oh, okay. it was a Baron right. Karza like thing okay that they put yeah in. that's that's what I re- I was like what I don't remember saying Baron Karza sorry get sidetracked <laughs> anyway that's all our email yeah I I wanted to bring something up um I did a quick while we were looking at some other things I I I hopped on Facebook I know I know we said we should hop on Facebook blah blah blah. <laughs> But I was curious as to the uh, one of our fellow podcasters is uh, let's just say he's under the weather severely. Yes. And uh, I saw an update. I didn't realize he was actually still in the hospital, still actually in, in the ICU. Um, yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. That's disturbing to me. I saw that post by Shag. Um, that, yes. Uh, and uh, you know, I mean, I the initial message I got sounded like you know, yeah, it was a problem, but he was getting better and. The fact that he's still in ICU really has me upset. Yeah. Just, you know, sending out my best wishes and my prayers and positive thoughts and hoping for the best. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we should mention who or... Uh, oh, it's, it's if, on Facebook, so you might as well. Yeah. That Sean Engel, um, he uh, had... It was uh, gallstones, and then he got some type of infection, and that's been... When did we get together? Was it last week we got together to record? Yeah. And he didn't make the recording, and we were concerned, and then found out a few days later, because actually we hadn't he hadn't had any type of imprint on Facebook for at least, what, four days prior to us getting together to record, at least? And then, uh, yeah, so he's, I don't know, he's kind of been out of, out of commission for a while. So we're all, we're all just concerned for him and hope that he does pull through and... Gets back to doing doing what he likes to do, and that you know he just gets better overall. Absolutely. We miss you, Sean. Come back, Sean. Come back. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so somewhat sobering to you know someone who I've you know been been recording with for now the last I guess year and a half, and you know. We were friends before, and now, you know, you, you, when you record with somebody regularly, it, you develop more of a bond, and uh, it's just very disturbing. It really is, and I just pray for the best. Yeah. Okay, and on that sobering note, uh, unless anybody has any more comic news, I guess we'll call that tonight's episode to a close. And next week, maybe we'll do the Murphy Anderson episode, and then maybe the week after that, we'll try and do the books that we were originally going to do tonight. That works. Yo. Oh hooray! I can't wait to do mine. Well, you could just swap yours out. No one wants to. No one wants your stupid book anyway. We can't even find my book anywhere. Where you, you guys don't have my book. And and from everything you've said, I'm kind of glad. Zen Intergalactic Ninja Number Zero from so, 1993. Color all colors. That may not get covered. But you know what? I'll just bring Apollo Smile too. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks 
is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, I only had a chance to read half of it.